Any children that are still left here ready for kids' church? You guys are dismissed. Heavenly Father, we just pray for the children this morning as they're heading over to schoolhouse there, Lord, that you will bless them. God, take the ants out of their pants and help them be able to focus and listen and give the teachers wisdom and discernment. And Lord, just bless them. Bless them. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. I just want to show you this picture first of all. This is territory. What is the territory we're going for when we're at the green? Getting that ball where that flag is. You know, this can be the most beautiful place on earth, and, and yet it can be the most frustrating and irritating and crazy, like club-throwing crazy and ground-gouging. But I want to put that picture in your mind because... I think this was a little bit what God was talking to me about. But I want to tell you a little bit about my week because it's not an accident that I'm the only one that got here. <laughs> you know, I, I went, I flew down. I, I, didn't, I wasn't part of the other group because Shaneen was having her baby and we didn't know how long it was going to take, so I just postponed buying my ticket to go to the conference. And... Uh, so I, I didn't buy it till last Sunday after church. I just thought, I'm going to wait as long as possible and um, just to make sure everything was good in the household. And, uh, and we, we didn't know how long it would take for that baby to be born. So, so I just booked my own itinerary last Sunday. And I flew out on Tuesday. They all flew out on Monday. And on Tuesday night at 10 o'clock, I was supposed to land in Fort Walton. And it's about half an hour from the hotel. And, and we were literally already descended down to about 5,000 feet. And they said, and, and it was like 5 to 10. We were perfect on time. And, and then we ended up getting diverted because there was fog. There's all this cold air coming down across the continent. And then there's warm air coming up from the Gulf of Mexico. And it, they collide and they create fog. And so they, they sent me to Montgomery. Dan Zapanchik is the only one that knows where Montgomery is. It's in Alabama. So at 11 o'clock, we landed, and we got ushered into a waiting room, and we sat around for like an hour and a half. And I'm not going to go into all the details. I finally decided I'm taking a taxi. The airline paid for my taxi, and I took a three-hour taxi ride back to Fort Walton. And uh, then... My bag was gone. The airline left my bag back in Dallas, so I didn't have a bag. And so, anyways, I got to bed. It was 5.55 on the clock. So, I don't know if that's significant to anybody, but <laughs> it wasn't to me, <laughs> except that I was glad to finally be in bed at, by 6 o'clock that morning. And so, my Tuesday was kind of, that was Tuesday, Wednesday was kind of out. And then all week long, it kept being foggy. And I didn't know if any of us would get home. And then on Friday afternoon, beautiful sunshine, 6.30 in the morning, I go to the airport. Pastor David and Pastor Winona, Pastor Nelson, Pastor Louise, they were coming at 1 o'clock. So I'm, I'm out the, the hotel at 5 o'clock in the morning. I get to the airport. Beautiful, clear sky. The sun rises, 6.30. I'm flying. Perfect time. We get to Dallas an hour and 10 minutes, perfect schedule for me to get to my next gate. And I'm thinking, 
awesome. Thank you, Lord. The only problem, and, and we, we land, and as we're taxiing, I see this lineup of five airplanes, and I'm thinking they're all getting ready to leave. Well, they had just landed in front of me, and they're all waking, waiting for gates and for staff so that they can unload, and I'm number six in line. And I have an hour and 10 minutes between flights, and I sit for a full hour on the tarmac waiting for our gate. So with five minutes to go, I finally get out of my little tunnel, and I am running. And I run through my, my concourse, Terminal B. I run up. I have to take a SkyTrain around to the other side of the airport to Terminal C. I run down the stairs, and I am running, and I get to my gate, and the lady is pulling the wedge from underneath the door, ready to close. So 30 seconds later, and I wouldn't have been here. <laughs> so, so I literally made it on that next plane by literally 30 seconds. I, I was actually late for the departure, and... And they say right on the ticket, the door closes 10 minutes before the flight. They close at 10 minutes. And I was still on my plane 10 minutes before the flight. And I'm praying as I'm sitting on that sky train. And I'm not praying while I'm running because I'm out of breath. I get to the gate. I get to the door. And, and the lady is bending down. She pulls it. And she's closing the door. And I said, excuse me, excuse me. She turns around and says, who are you? I said, I'm Daniel Stunenberg. <laughs> but she recognized the name. I think they must have announced to me over the... So she goes, oh, okay. She held the door open, and she walked me down the tunnel and knocked on the door of the plane, and they let me in. So I, I made it. I made it, and they're, they're playing. Now, here's something really interesting, and that's why it's so important that you're here this morning and looking at that beautiful picture. Because on Friday night... I knew I had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I went to bed at 10 o'clock. And God kept me awake till like 1 o'clock in the morning with all kinds of thoughts. All kinds of thoughts. And I'm like, well, God, I'm not even preaching probably for another month or two. or uh, Maybe it's for somebody when I have coffee with. So, and I literally said, Lord, can I just go to sleep? And then I would start kind of, going over some of the scripture I've memorized because that's helping me go to sleep. And the next thing you know, my mind's wandering on this stuff. And I kept thinking. I kept thinking, and I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't go to sleep. And all these thoughts were going through my mind. And then, yesterday at about 4 o'clock, I realized I'm preaching. So God got me home, and he disabled the other plane just so you can hear what I'm about to tell you. So, listen. Uh, but God is good, amen? Sometimes we get going and we're, we're ready and everything's going great. You know, what they, you know what they call this on a golf course besides a sign trap? They call it the beach, but they also call it in the technical terms a bunker. Okay. They call it a hazard. 
You know these beautiful things here that distract us? You know what they call those? Trees. But they call, they call that a hazard. And when we're progressing towards our territory, there's hazards that get in the way. And we don't mean to go into them. We don't mean to get entangled in them, but sometimes it happens. As I was uh, thinking about the picture that God put in my mind as I was laying there at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock, in the, I thought of, Pastor David has asked me on one of my sermons to preach on financial territory. And so I had started thinking of some financial things. You know, things that get, and, and I, these are principles that apply not to the, just the financial, but the picture I had in my mind is we've got fear that can grip us. First John chapter 4 says that actually fear is a torment. And, and we can be progressing in the territory and towards the territory that God has for us, and fear can grip us. Bad news. And when fear grips us, there is a multitude of different things that happen. Panic. Panic sets in and causes us to make bad decisions. Fear can set in and it paralyzes us and then we make no decisions. And fear comes and it torments us and it buffets us. And pretty soon we're way out in left field with fear, torment, panic. Say, God, where are you? It happens in our financial world. The, I, I once... I, we, we've talked about the, the, the parable of the talents. And the, the first two guys, they trade their talents. The second guy, he buries his talent. No progress, no produce, no advancement, no accomplishments because what, what, what does he say to his master? I was afraid. And fear took a hold of him and he buried, he hid Fear can cause you to hide, run away. Adam and Eve in the garden. Beautiful, beautiful setting. And their focus got shifted. Pretty soon they got entangled in something that God told them they should not have gotten entangled in. And what did they do? They got afraid. They feared and they hid. When Olivia was talking about God walking in the room, they heard the sound of the voice of the Lord in the garden. This is what Adam said. We heard the voice and we hid. Fear. Fear can create doubt. Fear can create doubt. When, when you think of Joshua, Joshua grew up under Moses. All of a sudden, 
God's t- Moses passes on and everything's left to Joshua. Why did God have to tell him, be strong and of a good courage? Because he was probably a little freaked out. This whole responsibility is on my shoulders now. And there, there, there was probably a little doubt, am I able to do this? Can I do this? I'm not Moses. You know, the presence of the Lord that Moses experienced, I know I got a, a little bit of that, but will God do the same for me? And fear creeps in, and we start wondering, can I actually do this? Can I actually accomplish what God called me to do? Can I actually successfully navigate this fairway and get to my destination? And fear, fear creeps in. The children of Israel, ready to go into the promised land. All the miracles, all the signs, all the wonders. And at that point in time, they were just, they were cruising. And then the reports came back. And what gripped the hearts of the people? Actual terror. Their hearts were full of dread. It caused them to panic. They made a, some really bad decisions and actually got God angry at them. Bad choices in the midst of fear. And fear can cause us, grip us, and cause us to make bad choices. Negative, affected choices in our lives. And we need to be careful with fear. The second thing that happens. Luke chapter 12. A man comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. Jesus first says, well, who made me the arbitrator between the two of you. Then he turns to the crowd that is overhearing this and to his disciples, and Jesus says, take heed and beware of covetousness, greed. Greed can kick in. Arrogance can kick in. Pride can kick in. And instead of being paralyzed with fear, pride, arrogance, greed causes us to do things that we shouldn't be doing. Actually motivates us to do things that are harmful. And and Jesus then goes and tells the parable of this man. He has amazing fields and he produces. (laughs) I want to read you what he says. Because God does amazing things. And he says, the ground of this certain rich man, he produced tons and tons and was very rich. This is Luke chapter 12. Then the rich man thought to himself. Pride creeps in and all of a sudden, God's not in the picture anymore. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? Because I have no room for all my goods. 
What is one thing we've talked about? God gives us prosperity for a, a purpose. Here this gentleman, he, he didn't have enough room for everything. He said to himself, this is what I will do. He tore down his barns. He built bigger barns so that he could hold more possessions. And then I will say to my soul. This is the man talking. It's amazing how God disappears. Success. Do you remember when Batman was fighting Bane? This is the greatest line in this whole movie. And I don't actually remember the whole line, the exact words. But Bane, he's totally whooping Batman. And he says, success has defeated you. Listen to this guy. I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat and drink. And this is Jesus' warning. A man's life consists not in the abundance of things that he possesses. You know, greed, arrogance, pride, it reveals itself in many different ways. Genesis chapter 3, we see the story of Adam and Eve and fear. The very next chapter, we see Cain. And in his arrogance, he knows the exact offering required by God. In various other scripture verses in, in the Bible, it talks about how Cain and Abel both knew what God required. And in his arrogance, he brought something that wasn't what God asked for. And then he had the audacity to be angry with God. The children of Israel, fearful, afraid, frozen, God gets angry at them. You know what they do in their presumptuousness, which is arrogant rebellion. That's what presumptuously. They acted presumptuously. You know what they did? Within weeks of God saying, you can't go into the promised land right now, they decided in their arrogance, they were going into the promised land. And, and God said to Moses, tell them that I'm not with them. And they tried on their own efforts to get into the promised land. And they got, they got whooped. Joshua. Fearful, afraid. God says, be strong and of good courage. And they take Jericho. What happens next? In their pride. They forget God in their arrogance, in their greed. They forget God, and they go to AI under their own strategy, and they get wiped out, the group that went up. And we have both sides. We get fear buffets us. We get caught up in pride and arrogance because Things are moving along good and it's successful. And we have these two conflicting areas in life that we need to be careful of. 
as I was laying there thinking, wow, God, what is the balance? What is the answer? Because we get challenged. We get challenged, and challenges come, and they cause fear. It's not that we just want to wander off. Challenges come, and they create fear. Hardship comes and creates doubt. Did God really say this? Did God really say this? And today, I want to present the answer. But it's not the powdered hot chocolate instant answer that you might like. We love formulas. We love formulas. We love the microwave. How many of you like the microwave? Some of us, scientifically, no, we don't like the microwave. But most of us are unscientific, and we just use that thing because it's great. And we love microwave answers. We love... And as I was laying in bed Friday night, early Saturday, as this was going back and forth, I was thinking, how many of us bounce back between fear, doubt, things go good for a while, and then we, we start, our spirits get lifted and all somewhere into, I can do this. I got this. I mean, I remember when Brenda and I first got married. I mean, we put God in our box as much as we thought about him, which we went to church regularly. I was great. I, was, I taught Sunday school. But when I looked out at my planning, I, I put God in my box. I said, God, when these things happen, when this happens and this happens, I'm ready. And we can build our own strategy, build our own plan. And we go back and forth, back and forth. You know when a guy shoots the ball over here? Um, it's very difficult to get to the, the final territory. So he has to shoot the ball from there, kind of just back over here. You know what? We get to the green... And we start talking about it, and, and you know, I was, I was steady Eddie, right down the middle, me. Pastor David, he's just all over the place. <laughs> and we get to the green, and you know what he says? Because I got a four, and he got a six. These are the words. I had to waste a shot. Getting back onto the fairway. I had to waste a shot. Fear. Boom. Oh man, I got stuck in the sand trap and I just couldn't quite get that swing right. I, I wasted three shots getting out of that sand trap. How many of us have had to say, I wasted? Can you throw the, the bowling alley up there? You know, I love bowling. How many of you ever use the bumpers? 
I love the bumpers. I love the bumpers. I get like 300 every time I play with bumpers. But, you know, when I go off into fear, you know what the bumper does to my ball? It takes energy out of my ball. And I'll throw it over here. Then the ball will ricochet over to pride, arrogance, and more energy gets sucked out of the ball. And by the time I'm ready to to actually get to the territory, what's left? The ball is barely limping over the finish line. And it might hit the target. And have you ever seen that pin just kind of what? And it falls, but it doesn't even have enough energy to knock the pin over. And that's some of our lives. We go from fear, doubt, anxiety, stress, and it just zaps the energy out of us. And we shoot over here, and wham! I mean, I hit those bumpers sometimes pretty hard. I put a pretty good spin on that ball. And I hit the... But by the time I get down to the territory, there's nothing left in me. Let's throw the last one up there. There. Now, you're in your God given word, which is a Porsche. <laughs> and you know, that, that looks great. And have you ever t- taken a Porsche over here? No, we wouldn't want to, but we do. We do. We, we just, ah, oh, man, look at, you know, when you're driving, when I first learned to drive, Somebody would be in the back seat. When I learned to drive, you could take as many people as you wanted in the car. And, uh, and I thought it was cool driving with one hand and, and, and talking to the person in the back seat. But, you know, every time I turned around, I got sidetracked. And you know which way the car went? Yeah. It, it's, it's like I didn't learn yet. I di- Sorry. I didn't learn yet that as, as you turn, your hand turns. And pretty soon, it would freak me out. I'd be in the wrong lane. I'd turn around, I'm in the wrong lane. And, and, you know, we lose our focus. We lose focus of what God has done in our life. We forget what God has done. The children of Israel were amazing forgetters. I'm amazing forgetter. I look at Shawneen and the, and the baby she just had. Do you realize the miracles in her life? There have been miracles in Shawnee's life. There have been miracles in my family's life. Every kid, I can talk about a miracle. Do you know the day she came home and said she had cancer? You know how many of those miracles I remembered? Forgot it all. I forgot it all. And I was on my, in my Porsche just hitting rocks and potholes and driving over shrubs and and the car was getting dented and dusty and fear. We forget. Next thing you know, had a great report. And boom, I'm over here thinking, whoo, smooth sailing again. And oh, we got the cat by the... No, that's not a good one anymore, right? We, we shouldn't have the cat by the tail. I mean, no, that's bad, bad one. 
Okay, scrub that one from the tape. But I got life by, you know, I'm, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm hitting rocks again and potholes and forget. We forget who got us to where we are. We forget that it was God's miracles, God's grace, God's mercy. And we think we just achieved this because of my talent, because of my abilities, because I, I'm all that. I'm all that. And we're off way on right field, ruining, wrecking the Porsche. I know. It's hard. Okay, Toyota Tercel. Not so bad anymore. You know, we, we, and we let, you know, you know that, that Porsche, you know how fast it can go on this road? And how slow and how banged up and beaten up it gets over there. And now I have the simplest solution. I have the simplest solution. But sometimes it's the most challenging solution because it takes a little time, a little effort, a little turning off of the TV, a little shutting down of the, that laptop, maybe one less movie a week. It's hard. It's so hard. And, and we can, you know how much harder it is over there than here? And yet, we don't want to do what it takes to stay here. And, oh, I can put this off. I can put there are so many, I'm just talking for myself. There are so many times when there's something maybe a little more easier, a little more fun, a little more distracting, a little more fun now, but it gets me off the road. Put that bowling picture back. What? We, what, what is this thing called? <laughs> like, how appropriate. <laughs> like, how many of you want your life in the gutter? No. No. And yet, we say that. Don't say it. You get it? <laughs> we say, I don't want my life to end up in the gutter. But, are you going to do what it takes to stay out of the gutter? Amen. Amen. The, the, now you're going to, yeah, like I, I just did a bit major like half hour build up. And you're going to go like, what? Okay, let's go home. <laughs> that was too easy. <laughs> if 
but I want you to write, if you got a piece of paper or something, write these things down because because this is so simple. Have you ever heard of the word faith? It's that. It's your faith. Sometimes faith is hard to handle, hammer down. <laughs> you know, and I'm not being prejudiced here when I say this, because it was a person from this place that said this. Alabama. This is one of their sayings in Alabama. And, and this guy, he, he pastors and he does marriage teaching and, you know, getting parents ready for children and parents ready for teenagers. And he said, you know, teenagers are really hard to, to raise. They're like trying to hammer jello to a tree. That's how challenging raising a teenager is. Getting jello on a tree. Sometimes faith can just seem like hard to handle, to get a grab a hold of. But I want to just explain really quickly faith. It's like a coin. On one side, faith is defined to be persuaded to a point, to such a point and to such a degree, a degree that you are unconditionally committed. A persuasion that is so built in, so ingrained that it makes you unconditionally committed. Abraham heard God's voice. Faith, faith, and he just did it. I can imagine myself. Daniel, pick up your family and go to a land that I'm going to show you. Whoa, um, you know, God, there are people that have left here and they've never come back and we've never heard from them again. Uh, uh, that's kind of a scary proposition. That can be fearful. You know, Abraham could have said, whoa, where do you want me to go again? Uh, do you know there's giants in that land? The giants just didn't appear 400 years later or 600 years later when the children of Israel, they were there. Abraham could have said, whoa, that's pretty scary. I don't know if I want to risk that with my children. Actually, he didn't have children. Wow. My wife, my family, because he took his father and he took Lot. And uh, God, that's scary. That's unknown. I, you know, fear, doubt, all... Anxiety kicks in. Or Abraham could have said, oh, you want me to just head out? Oh, man, that's no, that's easy peasy. No problem. I've been, I've been like a nomad. I've been taking my sheep and my camels and my, my cattle. and uh, No problem. I got this. You know what? God, you don't even have to tell me where to go because I know the best place to go. I've done so much traveling that I know exactly where I want to be. And God, you just gave me the green light to move, so, whoo, I got this. No problem. What did Abraham do? He obeyed. Why? He had faith. He was persuaded. He was persuaded. Now, 
The flip side of faith is what do you believe in? Faith is a set of beliefs that we live by. So where's your faith based? Here's Paul's words to Timothy. He says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. Where's your faith based? You know, faith protects you. You know, take the, the, she, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. What are the words about the shield of faith? He says, you know, I, I remember as a kid, you know, the flannel grams, graphs, pinning all the pieces of armor. And, and it's like, and then finally, you know, we get to the shield of faith. But you know what the actual words are? Above all. What does that indicate to you? Oh, you know, just in addition, make sure, don't forget the shield of faith. I mean, you got pretty good armor on and you got that sword and whoa, you know, you're already set. Oh, don't, don't forget the shield. No, he says, above all. How important is that shield of, how important is your faith? It's above all. It sets every, it protects, every, it's above all. It's relatively important. That's your faith to you. How do we overcome? It says, oh, dear children of God, you, you are born of God. And God overcomes the world so you can overcome. Let's, let's read it. Okay, first of all, shield of faith, Ephesians 6, 16. Protects everything. First John 5. Just so that I don't misquote something. Don't want a nasty email on Monday. First John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even your faith. Even your faith, it protects you, it covers all, and it's the, one, it's the one thing that'll get you to your territory. Put the green up. I like that one better. Ah, now I have peace. I want to challenge you this morning. It's the, it might seem like the easiest thing, but it's the hardest thing. You actually have to sacrifice something. You have to give up something. You have to prioritize something. We've, we've seemed to have forgotten the idea of prioritization. We seem to think we can just fit everything into our day. And what is the last thing that seems to fit into our day? Oh, Lord. I'll catch you in the morning. Oh, Lord, give me a good sleep tonight and I'll catch you in the morning. Because we forgot to put him in there somewhere during our day. 
The thing that is above all is our faith. And what are we doing to build our faith? What are you giving up to get to your territory? What are you doing to accomplish the word that God has given you? God says, I got this for you. And as you move forward, I will take care of the obstacles. But you got to move forward. How many of us actually move forward? Or we just get distracted by fear. Oh, we, get, we got outsmarted. What are you doing about your faith? Listen to this scripture verse. Hebrews 4 verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. So what I'm, right, I'm, what I'm doing right now. As well as, as unto them, many others. But the word preached did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. You can listen to whatever preacher on the internet. You can sit here every Sunday. You can have coffee with a great man of God. You can hear all the great words. You can get microwave solutions to this. Seven steps to that. But if you don't got faith... It doesn't profit you one bit. Hmm. I told the Lord, you know, young adults were talking about hearing from God and few people, they, they have dreams. They'll have a vision. I said, God, I want to have dreams, not nightmares. Not nightmares. I want dreams. But I also want dreams that I will remember because I can have a dream and I'll wake up and I'm excited about and then I, whoa, hold on. What was that again? And it just, it just totally is gone. I remember I had a dream and, and I saw this Greek or Hebrew word and I was so excited because I, I I saw the word. And I woke up. It was like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. And this was very powerful word. And was, God was like saying, I want you to research this word. Look it up. It's going to be like an amazing key. And I woke up and I was too tired to write it down. I woke up at 7 o'clock and I, I can't even remember what that word was. But at that time, I saw, the, and I don't know Greek, I don't know Hebrew, but I had the picture in my mind, and I knew all the, I knew, I saw it there. I could have drawn, drawn it out. And I didn't do it. And I woke up at 7 o'clock. Oh, man, that was an amazing picture God showed me in my dream. Oh, man, I can't remember. But I did at 3 o'clock. Faith. Faith will see the invisible. It will speak the invisible. I said, God, I want to have dreams. And I've had several dreams. And you know how many of them I documented? <laughs> it, and literally, in about four months, I've had like really like four good dreams. And you know how many I documented? 
I was too tired. I was too tired. And I woke up. I was so excited. I was like, wow, that is powerful. What an amazing truth God just revealed to me. Like revelation right there. You know what I did with it? Absolutely nothing. The word was not mixed with my faith. Just gone. What I would do to get that back. Faith will allow you to see the invisible. We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith allows you to walk by the invisible, to see the things that are not seen. That's your faith. Faith will give you revelation. Faith will illuminate things that other people cannot and will not and won't ever see. God will show them to you by faith. And what do we do to build our faith? One of the fruits of the Spirit is is faith. That means faith can grow. What are you doing to grow your faith? What are we doing? I can say that to myself. What am I doing to grow my faith? We're saved by grace through through faith. God gives each one of us a measure. It's in Romans 12 verse 3. He's given every man a measure of faith. And by faith we receive the grace and we are saved. And we all have a measure of faith. There are seeds of faith in us. But then we need to grow our faith. We need to do something about our faith. Or else we'll stay at that level. Faith comes by Hearing, how much of the Word of God are you reading? In our last Young Adults, we talked about reading God's Word. You know, we, I can read a whole chapter and forget every single word I read. Not even give you, you know, one of the verses I read. I used to think, man, I'm going to read about 20 minutes before I go to bed. I, I read, what do I remember? I want to challenge you. Take two or three verses and read them. Memorize them in the morning. Take your half hour and actually build something. Don't just read five chapters and say, "Woo, I got my five chapters done. Thank you, Lord. Look at me. That's us way over here. That's our pride. I did it. Look at, look at how much reading I did. Lord, aren't you proud of me? And, and it's like, okay, but now what do you remember what you just read? I challenge you, take your half hour and memorize the two or three. Then the Holy Spirit will have something to talk to you about during the day. I challenge you, maybe change it up a little bit. Just not see how much I can get read in my 30 minutes or two minutes or however many minutes. Do you know if you memorize something, it'll actually stick with you for a week, two weeks, maybe longer. 
You read something every single day and you just forget it. I want to challenge you. Take that. Memorize one scripture verse. Memorize an amazing line. Memorize one. Just remember one line. It'll stick to you. There, you've just put a nice brick in place. Remember. Build something. Don't just read and forget. Jude and verse 20. There's no chapters in Jude. It's just one open book. But in verse 20, it talks about by praying in the Spirit. Can you throw that one up, Cora? Jude and just verse 20. But you, beloved, what does that say? Building yourselves up. Your most hope. How do we build? Wow, that's powerful. Pray in the Holy Spirit. What are you doing to build your faith? Because it is the thing that'll get you through. It might be steady, Eddie. It might be slow and sure. But how many of you remember who won the race between the hare and the turtle? Who won? Okay, the rabbit. Maybe you don't understand hare. Okay. You know, the, the rabbit was over here. The rabbit was over here. Then he was over here. Then he was back over here. And the turtle, he just kind of just went up the middle. Kept his shot sure. Simple. What are you doing? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. God has amazing territory for each one of us individually. Whether it's in your finances, in some relationships, in your health, in your career, your job, wherever it might be, God has amazing territory. He has amazing territory for our body. He does. But what are we going to do about it? What are you doing to build your faith? Because it's your faith. What did Jesus say to Peter? Peter said, man, Lord, somebody's going to betray you, but Lord, I'm gonna, I'll die for you. And he was serious. He had a sword that he brought with him to that garden. And Jesus, Jesus said, you're going to deny me. You know what Jesus said? He didn't beg. He didn't sit there and beg Peter. Oh, Peter, be careful. Oh, Peter. Oh, Satan. Satan's going to come. Satan's going to, oh, I'm going I'm to make sure I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to walk through. You know what he said? Pray, Peter, I pray for you that your faith will not fail. Where is your faith at? Do you know your heavenly Father to a point where you are persuaded? Faith. Being fully persuaded, but having a set of beliefs to base that persuasion on. What are you persuaded of? Have you opened your Bible recently to know what you believe? Somebody asks you a question and it's like, you know what? That's a good question. I'll get back to you. 
Do you know what you have do you know what you believe? Do you know in whom you have believed? And are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? I mentioned earlier, I'm going through a challenging time right now. Different things have happened. Oh man, just You know, used to have coffee with this young guy. We'd sit there and we'd talk and he said, you know what? All my friends, you know, they've done this, they've done that, but I will never, I will never lose my faith. He got over here little bit of pride, a little bit of I got it all figured out. Doesn't serve God. Lost it. Lost it. Lost his faith. Lost what he believed in. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. What are you doing about your faith? What are you doing about your faith? Not what are you what are you doing about your gifting? What are you doing about your talent? What are you doing about your finances? What are you doing? What are you doing about your faith? You build your faith. You will have the wisdom, discernment understanding of God to deal with all that other stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things. We are caught up in society where we are chasing, literally chasing all these other things and our faith is getting left at the curbside while we're just driving around chasing everything. Literally, we are. We're chasing everything. And we're leaving God at the curbside. And he's saying, when are you going to pick me up? When are you going to pick me up? You know who the perfect navigator in life is? And we left him at the side of the road. The perfect navigator will tell you exactly when to turn where. And when, and we've left him at the side of the road. And now it becomes, I don't know who I believed in, so I'm persuaded of nothing. Persuaded of nothing. I want to challenge you this morning. With every, with everything with everything that I am. Turn the TV off for a little while. Turn it off earlier. Turn it off earlier. And do something useful with that last half hour. Do you know what a big difference that'll make in your life? 
It sounds like the simplest thing, and yet it's the hardest thing. Oh, man, that show just left with such a cliffhanger. I got to watch the next one. I got to see what happened. I got to see what happened. And then you wake up on the couch, and it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you don't know what happened. <laughs> so you lost out on everything. Shut it off. The Holy Spirit's already telling you to do it. Shut it off. Can't go with anything else. There, there's some friends you just don't, aren't profitable. How about that? They might not be bad, but are they profitable? They can hang out by themselves for an evening. Do something that is profitable. Exercise your faith. Because faith is what is profitable. There's conversations you can pick up in the morning. There are fights on Facebook that you don't have to even get involved in. There are discussion groups that they don't need your input because they're not going to listen to you anyways. They're just going to do whatever they want to do anyways. So shut it down. Fold the laptop. Build your faith. Build your faith. Take half an hour before you go to... You know how much... That's like some people brushing their teeth and flossing. Because they take... You know... I don't know. Okay, that was stupid. Okay. But there's lots of things we do that are just not profitable. They're not profitable. They're just not profitable. It's not that they're bad. They're just not profitable. And, and when you get halfway up that fairway, um, Joe Blow ain't in your life to, to help you figure out what the next shot is. That relationship... That person, that awesome song that you knew, it ain't going to help you in the middle of there. We fill ourselves with so much stuff that isn't necessarily bad, but it's just not profitable to your life. And then we, we, we got so much crammed in that, that little car. Oh, Jesus, I forgot about you. And we leave them. We left our, 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 our shield of faith. We left it sitting there because we got so much other stuff crammed in here. I, shoot, well, I forgot about that one. And we take off unprotected. I want to challenge you this morning. Wow, I took a long time on that. Let's stand. Let's stand this morning. I, God... I really feel challenged to challenge you to commit yourself. Commit yourself to that half hour before you go to bed. I really am challenged to, to challenge you. Commit yourself. It might take strength. It might take some courage. I challenge you.
If you want to take up that challenge, just raise your hands as we pray. If you don't want the challenge, that's okay. Well, it's not okay, but that's your choice. <laughs> but if you want to take that challenge, I, just, I, I encourage you just to raise your hand as we just pray. Don't raise your hand if you're not going to actually seriously take this challenge. But if you seriously want to take this challenge, we're going to pray, and the Holy Spirit's going to just come. He is. And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you. He will. And at that point in time, I'm not there to shout through this microphone. I'm going to pray that your faith will not fail. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now this morning that like a wind, you'll just blow upon us this morning. Blow upon us this morning like a wind. We commit ourselves. God, you're not committing to me. I'm not going to check up on you. Holy Spirit's going to check up on you. The Holy Spirit is going to nudge you. The Holy Spirit's going to come and he'll visit you. And say, okay, you know what? It's time. It's time. Holy Spirit's going to come. It's time for faith building. It's time for faith building. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'll confirm this word. You laid it on my heart. You kept me awake. You challenged me. And Lord, I've challenged your children. Heavenly Father, I've challenged your children this morning. And Holy Spirit, for those who have taken up the challenge, I pray that you remind them this week. Holy Spirit, remind them, nudge them, speak to them. Lord, literally open their eyes. Give them revelation as they read. Give them the revelation as they commune with you, as they pray, as they talk with you. Lord, confirm your word. Confirm your word. Confirm your word. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Oh, I'll sing like never before. Oh, my soul, and I'll worship Your holy name. Oh, one more time, and then we're closing. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, oh, oh, my soul, oh, and worship His holy name. Oh, oh, I'll sing like never before, oh, my soul, and I worship Your hope. Oh, thank you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Listen.
to the Holy Spirit. It's going to come knocking on your door. You're going to come knocking and listen and obey. God bless you.